today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. There's things that Jesus takes away instantly, and then there's some things that come across where you're walking with Christ, and it's like the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, and you're like, why am I doing this? And then the Holy Spirit takes it away from you. An amazing, amazing thing that the Lord does for us. The Bible tells us this, you guys. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Do you wonder why you still struggle with sin, even though you have received Jesus as your Savior? Today, Pastor Eric reminds us that we are completely forgiven when we accept Christ, but then the process of sanctification begins. Sin traps have been disarmed, but we need the Spirit to continue cleaning out our lives. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 8 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's open them up to John chapter 8. As we continue our study through the gospel according to John, it's been a a time of growth, definitely, and challenge uh, through our study through the book of John. We've been in chapter 8 now for, this is going to go on our fourth week. Uh, Lord willing, we'll conclude it today, chapter 8. But there's so much goodness and richness in the Word of God. It's just like, I don't want to hurry through it, you know? There's so much life, you know? As the Word says in Hebrews, that the Word is living. And God's Word is so powerful. It's God's Word that can change one's life because it points to Jesus Christ. I was looking at the conclusion of John 8, and we're going to be in verses 37 through 59 today. And I entitled the message, Who's Your Daddy? (laughs) Uh, Who's Your Daddy? Uh, Because we're going to look at two different dads in our section today. The two dads are God, our Father in heaven, and Satan, the devil. As Jesus was teaching to the multitude or the people, the Jews in the temple at this time, as we've been learning these past three weeks, You know, he is telling these people, he says, if you abide in me and in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And we know that he spoke these words as we studied them last week. So Jesus' heart is giving freedom to those who hears his word and who abide in him. And some of the Jews questioned Jesus. They said, well, we're Abraham's descendants, you know, and we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? I mean, the Jews were thinking that Jesus was speaking about a a physical bondage. But Jesus was in the house of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. He was delivering the word of God and saying, you know, if you abide in my word, abide in me, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The heart of Jesus, and don't miss this, was to speak of a spiritual bondage, a spiritual bondage that all man falls into. But yet Jesus is giving the word that you can be made free. Because Jesus, going on with that heart, he says to those Jews in the temple, those who are listening to him, he says, you know what? If you commit a sin, then whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. So Jesus was not speaking about a physical bondage. He was speaking of a spiritual bondage. I do agree with Jesus. Sin does place you in bondage, doesn't it? Jesus, though, is the answer to that bondage. He holds the keys to set you free. He holds the key to set you free. No matter the sin or sins, Christ can set you free. 
Jesus said this. He said, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Great words from our Lord and Savior. Because the thing is, is that we must understand and going into this world and, and continuing our lives that God has blessed us with is that, you know what? Jesus has permanently freed you from your bondage of sin. He has permanently freed you from that. And understanding this truth, you guys, this will bring you a joy and a happiness that overwhelms and over just overtakes your soul because you understand the truth of God that knowing that you were a slave once to sin, but there is a God in heaven who loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son and he had the key to set you free and he has set you free indeed. Man, that, that is just a, a joy and a happiness that fills your heart when you truly understand that within your soul and your heart. Yes, we have our sin and it's being worked out of us daily. But that sin has no more power over you. The sin traps, the snares of the devil might be present in your life, but the day you place control of your life into the hands of Jesus, those traps that are all over you, that are holding you down spiritually, are released by the name of Jesus Christ, by his power, by his presence, by the presence of God Almighty. Those sin traps are released. They have no more grip on you. Sin has no more power upon you. Yet, some of these traps still sit in your life. But here's the thing, family, is that they are unarmed. They are unarmed because Jesus Christ has disarmed them. Then the question then is, why are they still in my life if Jesus has freed me? Well, the book of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 10, verse 14, for By that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice, Jesus Christ has made you and I perfect in the eyes of the Lord. But yet daily, he is making you and I holy. He's perfecting you daily. Jesus paid the price for our sins. And through that sacrifice, we are made perfect. And those sin traps are disarmed. Therefore, you're no longer in bondage. As you live life in the flesh, in your current physical flesh, Jesus, again, is making you holy throughout your life, meaning Jesus is removing those sin traps, sins that you struggle with, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, envy, murder, evil-mindedness, backbiting, pride, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, and even disobedient to parents. Whatever you struggle with, it doesn't have to be on that list, but whatever you're struggling, knowing that Jesus Christ, once you have placed that faith and accepted the grace of God, Jesus is, has freed you from that moment and he is starting to remove all those things from your life. Because here's the thing, Jesus Christ instantly forgives all your sins. He doesn't forgive your sin once you realize it. Like, uh, I'm a backbiter, you know, I'm gossiping about somebody. And I realize that I'm doing that. So my sin for backbiting is now forgiven. No, when you come to Christ, all are forgiven. Okay, right off the bat. Then the cleaning starts happening, you know. And once you place your faith in Jesus, once you have let go of your life and put your total trust into Jesus, Jesus instantly forgives your sins. Man, I I praise God for that. 
And so after you're being, you've been reborn, as we studied in John chapter 3, there's that rebirth that takes place. You're a new creation in Christ. And, and the sanctification process, the setting apart starts. The setting apart starts in your life. Because you're a new creation. New things are happening. And the sin traps have been opened. Now Jesus starts removing them. Now, note, for some, sin traps are instantly removed, right? Some people can say, I was delivered by this sin. I struggled with it for 20 years. But when I came to Jesus, it was instantly gone. The desires were taken away. Praise God. I believe that can happen. Now, there's some people who are struggling and saying, why doesn't this just go away? Well, God has a time for that. And he is working them out. He is, he is perfecting you daily. But as you go throughout the day, you have put your trust into Jesus, knowing that you struggle with things. If you know you struggle with them, don't you know the one that lives inside of you knows that you struggle with those things? And that he's going to give you the strength to overcome those desires. No matter how long Jesus takes to remove your sin traps permanently, know that daily, again, you're being made holy. And I know that these traps can be present, and they can feel like they're on you and and overwhelming you, but understand, believer in Christ, that you have been set free. We must understand that, that we, that those sins have no power over us, and once we understand that, then we can walk in victory. Well, pastor, if they're not removed, I will keep doing them. What do I do then? Well, picture our house, okay? Picture your house, and probably like you uh, or me, I'll reverse that. Probably like me, you're like me, and you have a lot of stuff in your house, right? You have a lot of stuff in your home, and here's the thing. (laughs) You have so much stuff in your house, and there's a lot of things that you don't touch, right? There's a lot of stuff that you don't touch, and sometimes you get rid of the trash and unwanted things ASAP. Like, you know that like, this chair is broken, so I'm throwing it away right now. It's present. You see it. It's gone instantly. Okay? But there's other things that you forget about, that you have tucked away, and they're tucked away for so long. And, and so then when you come to those things and you're like, why in the world do I have the ShamWow? in my closet, you know. I remember that night. I bought it late at night on TV, and I've used it once, and it didn't work. Now, if it's worked for you, then fine. I, I don't, whatever. It's just an example. But, but the point being is, is that you come across things in your closets, in your, in your garage, that you're like, why in the world do I have this? And then you toss it away. Same thing goes with sin in our life. There's things that Jesus takes away instantly, and then there's some things that come across where you're walking with Christ, and it's like the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, and you're like, why am I doing this? And then the Holy Spirit takes it away from you. An amazing, amazing thing that the Lord does for us. The Bible tells us this, you guys, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Paul telling the church in Corinth that the Holy Spirit dwells in a person when they come to Christ, meaning that God takes residency in this house, meaning that he has bought your house and all the crud that's in your house, and now he's going through it. Just like if you were to go to one of like these auctions, right, of a storage bin, you buy somebody else's stuff, 
right? And, and you're going through it, and you keep what is good, and you throw away what is bad. And that's what Jesus Christ does in, unto us. He is going through us. He is sorting through you daily, perfecting you. Amazing. So the new house owner is daily cleaning his new house, a.k.a. you, right? And daily he is discovering things and saying, why is this here? And he tosses it away. Praise Jesus for that, right? So to answer your question, your house is not your house anymore. You sold it to Jesus and he paid for it with his own blood. So everything in your house now belongs to Jesus Christ. And he can discard whatever he wants. Praise him for that, right? So the point being, as Jesus was speaking to the Jews, he is saying, I will set you free. The truth shall set you free. Do not be a slave to sin no more. Be free from spiritual bondage. Jesus has set us free. And I praise God for that because I know that we've all struggled with things that keep coming in because we'll see here in a second that the father of the world, the devil, he is a liar. (laughs) And he installs these things that you're in bondage to these things. And the thing is, is that we must know the truth and we can say boldly, you know what? Buzz off Satan because the truth, Jesus Christ has set me free from those things. And so whatever it may be, even if you didn't ask for prayer, fine. But if you're struggling with those lies, know that there is truth in Jesus Christ. So let's, that takes us into today's word. Verses 37 through 47, we're going to see who is your daddy, you know? And then finally in verses 48 through 59, there is hope in Jesus Christ. Verse 37, it says this, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Verse 39, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of of your father, the devil. The desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resource, resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Verse 46, which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47, he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Wow. What a word that Jesus was giving in the temple that morning or whenever. I can't say it's the morning, but I can only say morning because that's what I picture, I guess. 
Anyways, whenever he spoke it, it is a powerful word. And the observations that we pull from this text, this passage, is that Jesus understands that the Jews are physically Abraham's descendants. He understands that, right? He says, yes, I know that you are the descendants of Abraham. I get that. But again, Jesus was not speaking to them regarding physical things. He was speaking about spiritual things. And so then Jesus then acknowledges that, but then he says, you know what, you, why are you trying to kill me then? You're trying to kill me. And why were they trying to kill Jesus? Because his words were not in them. His words had no place in them, meaning that the Jews who Jesus was speaking to did not listen to his words. They hardened their hearts. Uh, they hardened the word, their hearts to the words of Jesus because they did not believe that he was sent from God. They believed that he was just a man. But Jesus tells his audience that he speaks what he sees from the Father. That's what he's telling the people. He's like, I'm not doing this for my own glory. I'm just sharing with you what I've seen from my Father. I'm sharing you the truth. Meaning that Jesus is telling them the words that God has shown him. And the audience was doing what their father showed them. Then the people again tell Jesus that they are the descendants of Abraham. But Jesus says, if you are the descendants of Abraham, then you would do the works of Abraham. Now please note that Jesus was not speaking about the physical again. He already told the audience that he knew that they were the descendants of Abraham physically. But Jesus was saying to them, he said, if you were the spiritual descendants of Abraham you would do his works. Well, what were the works of Abraham? Well, according to Hebrews chapter 11, uh, Abraham did two things. Number one, he had faith in God. Number two, he was obedient to God. So Abraham, the works that Abraham did was faith in God. And the second thing is that he was obedient to God. I mean, if you go back and read in Genesis, you see the heart of obedience. You see the heart of faith that Abraham had in God. And this week, I would challenge you to read chapter 11 of Hebrews and study that chapter because it's a great chapter displaying faith in God. Now, the audience did not have faith in God, nor was there obedience to God. And hence why Jesus says, you do not do the works of Abraham. Instead, they wanted to kill Jesus. Abraham was not like them. Abraham embraced God. The Jews at this time, hearing Jesus, did not embrace God. Because as we've been learning, Jesus is God, right? Jesus tells them again, they are doing the deeds of their father. And the Jews in the audience tell Jesus, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, and that is God. Now they're taking it from Abraham to God. And if they weren't doing the works of Abraham, surely they weren't doing the works of God, were they? So the Jews tell Jesus, we are not born of fornication, but God is our father. They knew that Abraham was a man of God who followed God's ways. Therefore, they are proclaiming they know God as well. They're proclaiming that because of their history. Abraham knows God. Therefore, we know God and he's our father. And Jesus, you guys, responds. He says, if God were your father, you would love me. Why? Because God sent me. But the people did not love Jesus because they wanted to do what? They wanted to kill him. Not much love in that, in my opinion. And Jesus goes on. He says, why can't you understand my speech? But then he answers, because you are not able to listen to my word. 
Jesus goes on to tell them who their father is. And this is bold of Christ, man, to say to those who say that God is their father, but he's calling them out with the truth. And he says, you know what? Your father is the devil. Imagine hearing that today, saying that your father is the devil. You are here proclaiming God's your father, but yet your works and your, your fruit that is being produced is from the father, which is the devil of this world. Hear that word this morning, right? You'd be thrown back, man. What? He's not my father. Well, listen to your father's description, who he is. He says that he's a murderer. Well, what did they want to do? They wanted to murder Jesus. A quality of their father, right? The devil. And then the lies. They were not accepting the truth. And so therefore, not accepting the truth, they were falling for the lie. Therefore, another quality of their father, the devil. There was no qualities being produced of the one that they proclaimed is their father, which was God. And so Jesus tells them boldly that they are not of God. And the Jews didn't believe that Jesus was speaking the truth. His audience was saying, who are you? You know, throughout the study of the Gospels, the question is is constantly, who do you say you are? And Jesus has been proclaiming in the words that he's speaking to them, I am sent from God, that I am God. You know, as we learned in John chapter 8, he's saying, I'm the light of the world, proclaiming this. And we see in our text that they didn't believe, because he says so in verse 45, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Then Jesus says, which one of you can convict me of sin? And I would imagine when he said this, that no one spoke. It was probably quiet. Quiet. And then it says, then, why if you can't convict me of sin, why then do you not believe me? I'm telling you the truth. Christ's heart was not to point their, his finger in their eye and pluck their eye out and say, man, you know better. You need, to, you need to worship me. His heart was a loving heart for them. And he wanted them to love him so much because he loved them. The audience of the people believed that they were of God. But Jesus again revealed that they are not of God. They were filled with the same characteristics of the devil. A murderer, a liar, one who denies truth. Therefore, they are not of God because they did not follow the truth. And within our culture, there are so many people that say they are of God. I'm of God. I'm of God. So many people that are saying that they are of God. It's even to the point where there's evangelical professors at Bible seminaries today teaching upcoming pastors that they are Christ-following professors, but yet they are not standing on the Word of God. They're teaching that there is error within the Bible. You don't believe me, you can research it. You can see that there are people who are teaching God's Word, raising up the next generation of leaders, but yet they say that... Adam and Eve can be a fable. But when you start messing around with the word of God, where is your heart at? Where is your heart? I mean, again, these are the Jews in the synagogue, and Jesus is being bold and saying to them, you are not of God. He wasn't in the street corner. He was in the church bringing this truth. Our examples of just this teaching from these evangelical professors 
One of the areas that they disagree with is in Matthew 27, verses 51 and 53. And I'll read it. It says, Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. While we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you, we hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.